1: Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. it is episode 14 of this week in fantasy as we head into the week 11 slate of the nfl season hard to believe that we are this deep into the nfl season it always seems to to take so long to come in the offseason as you're, you're setting up for drafts and all that and then all of a sudden it's there and And then it's almost over. So uh, uh, fantasy playoffs coming up, trade deadline, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Sigmund Bloom caught up with him a couple days ago. We will be uh, getting to that in just a few minutes. We talk about a lot of that type of stuff. But real quick, let's just take a real quick run through the slate here as as there are some things to look out for. We won't go as long as I normally do. I did get a good 20 minutes out of Sigmund, so we'll get to that as quickly as we can. Uh, Let's jump in. Pittsburgh at Cleveland, the start of the 1 o'clock games. We do have uh, four buys this week, Atlanta-Denver. The Jets in San Diego. So a lot of fantasy goodness there, especially with San Diego and Atlanta on by. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Uh, Start your your Steelers here. I think and Bell, the the top play of the week. Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown. There were reports of uh, potentially dangerous-ish bad wind in Cleveland. So keep an eye on that. But uh, assuming it's not something that's completely out of control, I think the passing game should be fine. Uh, Same thing with the Cleveland side of the ball. Probably not... Rolling with the RBs in this one against a, a decent Pittsburgh Rundy, but I think there is some value to to Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman, and Gary Barnage this week against a, a less-than-stellar Steelers secondary, especially because they'll probably be playing from behind. Uh, Dallas hosting the Ravens. Beat them, Ravens, please. Uh, I could see Dallas losing this game for what it's worth, but... Fingers crossed. Uh, you're starting, everybody. It's actually a bad matchup for Dallas in terms of the running game that's been so good. Baltimore, the number one run defense in the league. Uh, you're starting Zeke anyway, but maybe a, a week to fade in DFS. Uh, a Dak. Uh, you're starting Dak, which uh, is what it is. And then uh, I think Des Bryant, Jason Witten, all solid plays. Even Cole Beasley against a a bad slot corner in Baltimore. Uh, other side of the ball... yeah. Not a lot of excitement there, but Dallas defense is beatable. So, Steve Smith, a potential decent start. Mike Wallace as well uh, against a a beatable Dallas secondary. And in the running game, I'm probably avoiding both guys, though. Kenneth Dixon looks like he could be surging in a game where they might need to throw to their backs a little bit. Uh, Detroit hosting the Jags. uh, You know, I guess you start everyone in this game, too. Not exciting defenses. Just a, it feels like a lackluster game, but I would start Stafford and uh, Golden Tate for sure. Marvin Jones has been bad, and uh, you know it depends. I don't think Ramsey's going to shadow him, so I think Jones an okay play this week, but I uh, prefer Stafford himself as a play and uh, uh, probably avoiding the running game, but Theo Riddick, a decent play in PPR leagues as always. Jacksonville side of the ball, you know— uh, if- yeah, they'll, they'll lose by 20, and somehow Bortles and, and Robinson will put up points. Robinson has been much better the last couple weeks, so I would feel all right running, rolling with them, uh, not as much with the uh, timeshare there in the backfield. Indianapolis hosting Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee Titans, fantasy juggernauts. Who didn't see that coming? Uh, Mariota, an obvious start again this week. He's been the hottest quarterback in fantasy uh, for the most part, definitely starting him against his bad Colts D as well as you know, getting that running game in. DeMarco Murray, one of the better starts of the week. Delaney Walker, uh, potentially the best tight end start of the week, right there with Olsen. Uh, excuse me, not Olsen. Shh, Olsen already played, <laughs> along with, J- uh, Jordan Reed at the top of that list. So, uh, I feel great about Delaney Walker. And, and you're also starting all your Colts as this Tennessee D is not the best either. Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Don- uh, Dante Moncrief, all good starts. And even Frank Gore, solid starts. So, uh, I believe this game has the highest implied total of the week or close to it. So, uh, um, uh, I think there are a lot of good starts in this one. Uh, conversely, Buffalo in Cincinnati, uh, not a lot of good starts in this one. This is more a, a feels like more of a defensive game here. You're going to start A.J. Green, obviously, a, a solid matchup there. Uh, Eifert uh, as well. Jeremy Hill, uh, decent start, but not great this week. I, I'm probably avoiding him if possible. Buffalo, a solid run D, but not great. Uh, obviously, the pass protection going to be the issue for Cincinnati. I really worry about that against this Buffalo pass rush. And and on the flip side, Tyrod Taylor, a nice play against a uh, struggling Cincy Pasty. And and even though Cincy's been all right against the run, I'm still obviously rolling out McCoy uh, in every lineup this week. Kansas City hosting Tampa Bay. This game uh, could have some sneaky points here. Uh, I like Tampa Bay, uh, the passing game. Marcus Peters questionable. Keep an eye on that one. Either way, as good as Piers has been, he's prone to giving up big plays. you got to like Mike Evans leading the league in targets, uh, no-brainer play every single week. Doug Martin could be a sneaky play this week against a Kansas City rush D that has been hit or miss, um, but uh, I'm probably avoiding him until he shows me that he's back for real, and, and obviously Peyton Barber taking some carries away last week, so uh, avoiding that side. On the on the Kansas City side of the ball, oh, and Cameron Brate, uh, not the best week for him. I know he's been white hot, but... Uh, Kansas City really good against tight ends, so maybe a week to fade great. Uh Kansas City side of the ball, Spencer Ware uh, a nice play against a bad Tampa D, and then uh, not much in the passing game of excitement. But Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey, a good play as well, and Ty Hill with Macklin out potentially a a, a home run play in DFS. Giants hosting the the Bears, a couple of uh, bad teams. I'll say it, the six and three Giants, not a good football team, but hey, scoreboard I guess. But six and three, uh, worst six and three team I've ever seen. Having said that, this week you gotta like your giants. uh, uh, Eli and and OBJ are obviously really good plays this week, and you know I kind of like Rashad Jennings against this Bears D, as as Jennings kind of bounced back a little bit last week and showed us something. So uh, flip side of the ball, Alshon Jeffrey out. I I don't want really anything to do with this. Cam Meredith, a nice upside play as a potential to take away from those, uh, you know, to take those Jeffrey targets, and Zach Miller is is a Perfectly fine play, but, uh, oh, and Jordan Howard, of course, uh, uh, goes without mentioning is a solid play, but on the most part, not a great matchup from Howard and uh, a team that I'm avoiding this week. Last of the one o'clock starts, the Vikings hosting Arizona. Um, This feels like a a 12 to 10 type game or 13, 10 or something. So uh, I think David Johnson, even against a tough matchup, but they're going to have to lean on him. I like him a lot. Fitz, if he's going to be covered by Xavier Rhodes, could be a tough road to hoe there, but Uh, Fitz has been so good, I don't see how you sit him. Outside of that, I'm I'm probably avoiding all my Cardinals. And and on the flip side, I think Stefan Diggs, the only person on Minnesota you're playing, maybe Rudolph uh, in in a pinch, but it's Diggs and nobody else. And I think Diggs will be all right. If if Peterson's going to try and shadow him in the slot, I still think Diggs will get his, at least from a PPR perspective. Four o'clock starts, 4 05 in Los Angeles. Miami heading into town. Jared Goff, stay away. Stay away from the Rams. I don't like the Rams at all this week. I think Jared Goff is is not going to impress in his first week out. Clearly, there's a reason it took him this long to get on the field. So going up against a Miami defensive front that's played surprisingly well the last month or so, uh, I think there's a bad matchup there. And I don't like Goff, don't like the Rams. On the flip side, you know, you're playing uh, Jay Ajayi, obviously, superstar, running back all of a sudden, but he runs hard. It's not a great matchup. Again, this could be another of those 13-10 to type games, but I do like Ajayi uh, outside of that. Not a ton on the Miami side I'm interested in. Jarvis Landry has obviously uh, gone a bit cold. San Francisco hosting New England. uh, Start all your Patriots, obviously, except Rob Gronkowski, who is out Martellus Bennett, a, a terrific play in his stead. Uh, he'll get a lot of uh, action this week, um, but obviously LeGarrette Blunt probably the play of the day here going up against the Niners. Run defense has given up somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 yards a game or close to it. Not quite there, but it, it was for a little while, and they've been atrociously bad against the run, so LeGarrette a uh, obvious play this week, but I also think Brady and the passing game will get theirs as well. Uh, I, I don't just... Kaepernick, I guess, is an okay play. He's going to have to keep up. He'll run, but um, I, I'm, you know, the you or I or anybody who wants anything to do with San Francisco. Last four o'clock, 4:25 start here in Seattle as uh, our Eagles head into town. Uh, another defensive battle. You're thinking I, I, on the Seahawks side of the ball. Russell Wilson's been so good of late. I don't see how you sit him. CJ Procyse, especially in DFS, is still priced incredibly low. Really nice play there. And you know, Doug Baldwin. You figure he could have some success. Jimmy Graham. So I, I'd like the Seattle side of this more from an offensive perspective. Tough to expect Carson Wentz and that band of merry, awful, terrible, atrocious skill players to go in there and and do much. So uh, I'm avoiding my Eagles in in a tough matchup in Seattle. Green Bay heading to Washington for the Sunday nighter. Kirk, uh, Start everyone who – throws or catches the ball in this game. Uh, Both defenses, awful against the pass, Um, especially Green Bay. Kirk Cousins, a really nice play. Deshaun will be out, but Crowder, a nice play as well. And and even Robert Kelly running the ball, he he seems like the clear guy there now. So um, Green Bay has just been bad across the board. They do get Matthews back this week, which should help against the run, but I'm still rolling with Washington players this week. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, On the flip side, I think you feel good about Rodgers in the passing game. Uh, 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 We'll see how Rodgers responds whenever there's strife. It seems like he always finds a way to bounce back and and tell everyone to... I was going to say relax, but really shut up, because that that's what it seems like he does, but um, he hasn't done that yet, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I don't know if they win, but I think from a fantasy perspective, they put up numbers in the passing game. Houston at Oakland for the Monday Nighter to round it out. Uh, uh, in Mexico City, hard to know what to expect. Uh, Houston has been especially bad against the run Latavius Murray makes for a, a nice under-the-radar type this play, of play this week. I'm not a... Huge Latavius Murray fan, but the volume's there and the matchup's there. Um, And, of course, I think you're rolling with Carr and Cooper and Crabtree regardless of the matchup here. Uh, Houston side of the ball, Lamar Miller has been banged up. You know, we've seen Akeem Hunt get involved, Alfred Blue. um, Hard to start, uh, know who to start. I think you go with Miller if he's healthy against this awful Oakland offense, or excuse me, Oakland defense, but um, it's still not an exciting matchup, uh, even though the Oakland defense is very good. It's hard to trust anyone on this Houston offense that just had uh, their quarterback throw for 99 yards or 97 yards in the last outing. So uh, while I want to say trust DeAndre, trust Miller, I, I don't. So um, obviously with some buys and whatnot, you might have to play him, but uh, I'm trying to avoid my Texans right now until they show me something or anything at all. All right, uh, let's get to what uh, what I've been waiting for, what everyone's waiting for. I caught up with him earlier this week, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest. You can Follow his stuff. He's a co owner at footballguys.com, also hoopsguys.com, which we'll hear a little bit more about later. But uh, you can also follow him at his name on Twitter, at Sigmund Bloom. It's Mr. Sigmund Bloom, brother. What's going on?
0: Just getting ready for week 11. I, I think we understand where we stand now and you know our decisions can be skewed we know when we're overwhelmed by an opponent we need to swing for the fences we know roster moves now if we're preparing for the playoffs we're trying to eke into the playoffs and hit a hail mary so it it could be even more fun as we get in deeper into the simulation mode of fantasy football
1: no that's actually a a perfect segue as usual you're right yeah it's it's amazing it's like we're like linked up that way so i love it um so that that was my first question i was going to say basically you know more or less about two to three weeks away from the playoffs depending on what type of league you're in or, or what site you do it on. So I want to ask you two kind of macro questions before we look at some specific players about the playoffs. one, um, let, let's say you're sitting in a situation where you feel pretty confident that you're gonna make the playoffs you don't have to uh, essentially you know fight to win every single week you know or your team's good enough or you'll win enough. Um, if you are in that situation right now, what are you doing? to strengthen your team for a stretch run?
0: Well, it sounds simplistic, although I found that some of the uh, advice that I consider simplistic can still help you, like a mantra, you know? Improve your starting lineup, improve your starting lineup, improve your starting lineup. If you can consolidate depth into improvement at one of your key starting lineup positions, you know, if you're doing a merry-go-round of running back twos that you can trade to a team that only has one running back and you can toss in like you have two good tight ends because tyler eifert has come on or martellus bennett suddenly has value then you try to upgrade your starting lineup um, another thing that i think everybody that may that plans on playing in the playoffs should be doing is cutting that depth down to lean and mean and using as many roster spots as possible on the bench on backup running backs and you really want to look at Kind of a four-prong test here. Um, How good is the backup? How good is the situation? Those are the most important ones. And then how much clarity do we have that this player would get a large workload or even the starter-sized workload if the starter goes down? And then, of course, we can't forget how likely is the starter to go down, injury-prone or have they already been hurt this year? So players like Damian Williams looks really good. Akeem Hunt is a new guy on our radar. Is Alfred Blues banged up, and he looked really good. And Lamar Miller's been banged up. So these are good situations uh, where they're, I'm sure that Akeem Hunt's on everyone's waiver wire right now. Damian Williams on a lot of waiver wires. You know, that's in addition to some of the more obvious guys like Derrick Henry and so on. I think backup running backs we saw last year it was Tim Hightower. And remember, last year at this time, David Johnson was still a backup running back. So... Things can change very quickly, and you want to be one step ahead.
1: Yeah, you're too good. You actually answered my next question. I was going to ask you about guys who might be available in a majority of leagues who can help out over the stretch run. So maybe add a few more outside of the the general backup running backs, but also maybe add in, are there any teams that you should look at that have particularly nice schedules over that run?
0: Absolutely. And most, I'll answer that part of the question here first. San Diego, uh, they're on buy this week, and that may make it easier to get someone like Philip Rivers or Tyrell Williams in a trade. Houston, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Oakland, and Cleveland. It's like a who's who of... Pass defenses that we yeah. like to beat up on Houston's, Houston's not a, uh, Statistically not an easy Pass defense but I, I do think the way Phillip Rivers is playing and Tyrell Williams Antonio Gates and Dynasty League's Antonio Gates should be really cheap right now They come to mind I like LaShawn McCoy's schedule uh, with Three home games in weeks 14, 15, and 16 Against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Miami I, I think that those are games That Buffalo can easily stay in If not win and allow McCoy To get up to 20, 25 touches I like what he can do for our teams. I, I like, and if Sammy Watkins does come back, you know, there's a strategy at this time of year too where you might play keep away. You know, if Sammy Watkins doesn't come back this year, so you don't get anything from him, but it means nobody else is going to benefit from him either. Player, you know, someone like Dion.
1: No, it's a great point. The, the blocking strategy.
0: Absolutely. So playing keep away could also be something that can help you at this point. Um, Kevin White, you know, we'll see whether he's going to get back now with Alshon Jeffrey uh, suspension coming up. Next four weeks. Uh, So this is all you want to even look. This is where you get diabolical. Like embrace your inner Belichick. Look at your opponents. One of your main opponents is still streaming tight ends, and you know um, Martellus Bennett is out there. um, You can spend all of the rest of your fantasy bucks, and you have Greg Olson. You don't need Martellus Bennett. He can still help you win a title by being on your bench. Think that way uh, at this point in the season.
1: That is uh, such good advice and I know that you see that a lot in the uh, fantasy baseball world. but it should be done more in football. It's a great, great call, Sigmund. And again, just to emphasize what Sigmund said before, um, because fantasy football really is all about depth early in the season. You really want to have as many options as you can. He is dead on that right now it's about putting that best possible starting lineup out there because ultimately, you know, assuming, you know, if one of your big guys gets hurt, you're probably in trouble anyway. But you know, you want to be able to put out the best possible starting lineup each week, and it's almost even better when you don't have to make those tough calls, and you can just say, "All right, these are my guys, and I can roll with them." So, um, just to reemphasize that, I think that's huge. All right, Sigmund, before we get to uh, the part of the show that everyone cares about the most, inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom, let's—I uh, have four specific uh, players or situations I want to ask you about real quick: two wide receivers, uh, two running backs. Let's start with—you uh, just mentioned it—Alshon suspended four games, obviously. You know, maybe he's back for the last week, your fantasy playoffs, whatever. It, it's kind of a, a lost, a lost thing there. But uh, you mentioned Kevin White, but obviously I think the name that's a lot more interesting to everybody and probably owned, but maybe worth going out to get. Is Cam Meredith now a viable, you know, wide receiver too? Yeah. Is Jay Cutler a viable NFL starting quarterback? <laughs> that, that's the age old question segment. Give me the question to that, and I'll tell you the answer to Cameron (laughs) Meredith. Well,
0: and we should mention Eddie Royal, who has a long-time rapport and history with Cutler. And we should mention Zach Miller, the tight end. Uh, And the matchups are good. You know, you look at uh, Chicago this week at the Giants might be tough, but Tennessee, San Francisco at Detroit, Green Bay, Washington. I don't see a lot of scary matchups there. I wanted to like Jay Cutler as a a sneaky guy you could pick up off the waiver wire and help you down the stretch if you stream quarterbacks. But he's worrying me, so that makes me worry about Cam Meredith. That makes me worry about Miller. That makes me worry about Eddie Royal. We'll watch and see. There could be a a sort of a cheap PPR play here. But there's no – so with Kevin White, the initial report was maybe week 13. He could start to target a return. That's something to watch. Um, Also, Brian Hoyer. Remember, this was a Mm -hmm. 300-plus passing yard offense with – Brian Hoyer and Cameron Meredith's breakout yes. happened with Brian Hoyer. Great now, Brian point. Hoyer's injury originally was reported to be six to eight weeks. OK, so looking at that, um, then we have him potentially returning at some time around the fantasy playoffs. So I need to check the math on this with injured reserve. But, you know, that's something to watch. Another thing I want to emphasize here is, again, under that idea that he can't hurt you on your bench, but he could hurt you if he's on someone else's roster. Don't drop Alshon Jeffrey.
1: Yes, he, agreed. He's, th- he's
0: that he's that good. Um, even if you don't need him even if he's frustrating you because you did need him and now you won't have him for the next four weeks don't overreact to this one let him rot on your bench if you have to
1: yeah especially because i I can't think of a more worst case uh, uh, break your heart scenario than dropping Alshon and losing to him in there's, a championship. there's a name or
0: something. for it so that's like a challenge to your listeners and I think other people have given me names this before but like the maneuver like that's like the ultimate maneuver like pick someone off off of waiver wire that someone drops and then use them to be yeah them.
1: Uh, like talking about being diabolical. Uh, all right, Sigmund, let's stick in the NFC North. One other receiver um, who has, uh, you know, started out great, looked really good, is talented, but then a big lull. But uh, 13, 14, and 15 targets in the last three weeks for Stephon Diggs. It seems like he might be back. I know a tough matchup this week. Is Diggs a guy you're buying into for the rest of the season?
0: Sure, because they can't run the ball in Minnesota. Uh, he and Sam Bradford have a great rapport. He's getting open at will. Bradford's going to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. Uh, you're going to see probably six, seven, eight, nine, uh, maybe more, receptions for Diggs in your PPR leagues. You, you might see him put up 25 points a week like he did last week just because of necessity in the matchups. Detroit. Dallas, Jacksonville, Indy, Green Bay. These all sound good. Remember, he's caught 13 balls in each of the last two weeks. I don't see the game plan changing for Minnesota.
1: I agree 100%. And, again, the kid is really talented. All right, two running back situations we can fold into one question because they are related. Christine, Michael, obviously that was the big news of the week, getting cut by the Seahawks. I think a lot of people who maybe weren't paying attention to fantasy, at least, uh, didn't realize how bad Michael had been over the last month. But – Um, They certainly did. Uh, He is now in Green Bay. So Seattle, who's the running back you want to own the rest of the season? Is it precise or Rawls? And then in Green Bay, is Michael going to have any sort of impact?
0: I would say precise just because it's a week to week game and it's going to be more precise than Rawls this week. Brawls hasn't showed us yet that he's going to be 100% healthy this year. Uh, Brawls showed us that he can be a difference maker in fantasy leagues last year, but precise if he continues to have this big role as a receiver. And Seattle should slant. Their offensive line hasn't really come together, but the passing game still is. So they should slant more pass-heavy going forward. You know, so like Tyler Lockett maybe shouldn't be on your waiver wire. Just as somebody, again, hey, Tyler Lockett may not even sniff our lineups, but if he gets hot, you don't want that to be somebody that can hurt you in the playoffs. So I, I do think Precise is the guy to own right now. Michael, there's nothing to see here. I mean, the, f- the physical talent just isn't translating to the production that we hoped. Uh, the Green Bay's backfields are just a mess. I still think Ty Montgomery is the best player in that backfield, but they don't seem inclined to use him heavily. So we'll always have October of 2016. Chris and Michael will always look back fondly on that time we got to spend together.
1: Man, what a, what a time. I, I don't think I'll ever forget it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and uh We did. We did. Uh, It was. We just didn't know it would be so short-lived, is the problem. Or at least some of us didn't. All right, let's get to what everyone really cares about here. No one really cares about fantasy football rights segment. We care about going inside your mind. And uh, we got a little heavy last week with uh, uh, heavy, but also I thought important and and well well said, real, and also very... Very eloquently put. Yes, exactly. Uh, But so we're going to go lighter this week, and we're going to focus on positives in life and things we like, Sigmund. So I'm going to give you a few categories or or things, and I want you to tell me your favorite. How's that sound? Okay. All right. Let's start off. We're in the sports world. Who is your favorite athlete of all time?
0: Oh, man. Um, Those questions are so hard. I'm going to have to say Mary Lou
1: It's, I, I, and as a Pittsburgh fan, that's a, a very strong answer. Well, he's a he's a folk hero.
0: He's he's like Paul Bunyan. He's a tall tale. Um, he really was billed. And, you know, Michael Jordan would be the comparable player. LeBron James, uh, someone that is billed as a savior. Um, you know, this was there actually was like a legit f- scandal, like throwing games scandal about Mario Lemieux and, and the Penguins um, because he was that good. And his name actually means the best. Uh, and he was the best. And look, you can have your Wayne Gretzky passing and orchestrating a a talented offense. Mary Lemieux was the offense. He was so good at hockey that he created games within the game to keep him interested, right? Like I wanted to score off the faceoff, like like hitting the puck out of the air on a faceoff for a goal. He did that uh he scored like off of the back of the goaltender behind the net you know he c- came up with ridiculous ways to score goals over the years and some of these things he did after he returned from beating cancer <laughs> and can i also mention that the penguins were going to leave pittsburgh or potentially you know in danger he bought them and saved the team and kept them in
1: pittsburgh he's a french canadian who has a pittsburgh accent <laughs> no yeah that's a that's a perfect answer there though uh I disagree. He is not the great one. I would say he's the second greatest one, but I get the argument. Uh No, Eric Lindros is certainly not in that class. Don't worry, I get it. Thanks for rubbing that in though. We haven't wanted uh, too, well, I mean, at the time, I mean, uh, you know, he was supposed to be the greatest thing in the history of the game, you know, so, uh, and he was really, like, I, I think people forget how good Lindros was before the concussions and all that stuff, but that's a story for a different day. Sigmund, uh, this is going to be a tough one because there are so many options, so don't feel like you have to give the perfect answer, just maybe the one that pops in your head, but you can go both or just one, actor or actress. Who who? What movie do you have to see if this person's in it or or were in it in the past? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Whew,
0: man, um, that's really, really hard. Really hard. Um, it's funny because I, I don't want to say that he's my favorite actor, but pro- it probably is one of my favorite movies or essential movies. But what pops into my head when I think of a, a an actor in a role that just gives me joy, and, you know, and this isn't going to be that novel, is John Goodman as Walter Sobchak and big Lebowski Uh, yes so human so human you know um you're out
1: of your element
0: yeah you're not wrong you're just an asshole (laughs) no no but he's he he there's so much heart in john goodman in all of his films um he's a care he's more of a character actor than than your classic lead but I, i in any movie he's in he he shines with so much humanity it's new orleans it's the new orleans in him um and, you know, I wouldn't say he's the the greatest actor, like he's not captivating, he's not uh, um, Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, good, I mean, he's good, not. Good pull there. Yeah, I mean, he's not, he, he'll never be that kind of actor, but it's the humanity that comes through. Because, you know, where you can really classify actors, actresses into two types. Like there's, there are true artists who like dissolve into a role and, you know, are true thespians, you know. And then there are people who just bring what they have to the screen, and you like that, you know.
1: It's a ter- it's a terrific answer, especially considering that the arc he had with his career and kind of the bringing it back recently. It's been a great arc. Yeah, yeah on TV, it even translated to TV. The yeah. humanity always. Okay, uh, we have two more, and then a layup to on the way out to finish our five pack uh, meal. As in, if you had to have a last meal, what's it gonna be?
0: Uh, it's Albuquerque, the restaurant in Sadie's. Out the best New Mexican food on the planet, um, the combination super combination plate: uh, a chicken taco, a chili relleno, um, and uh, it's smothered in, in green chili and and, and papas and frijoles oh, and some lettuce. Uh, and gotta get the sopapillas at the end too. It's, that it sounds awesome. And I love food. I love. I, get, I I mean, there's so many runners up. There's like 17 things tied for second place. But there's a clear first place for me.
1: I love that. I, too, am I'm quite the fan. Actually, I had Mexican last night for dinner. So uh, wonderful stuff. All right, Sigmund, one more before the uh, the layup on the way out. Uh, hobby or activity? Well, you know, if you have, to have a free two hours and you could do whatever you want, what is it?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm not very motivated. As most <laughs> me most neither. People. So it isn't like I'm not going to say, like, you know, I'm going to go rock.
1: No, me neither. Mine would be like sitting at home and watching TV with my wife or something. <laughs>
0: I'll say this. I'll just use this as an opportunity to say that I love the Giles Peterson show. It's a three-hour show, so I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, but la- listen to that that previous week's Giles Peterson show. It's on BBC6, and he has a show that is an intersection of um, – uh, Hip-hop, soul, jazz, reggae, um, you know, classic music, new music. I learn about – I feel cool at age 41 because he introduces me to stuff and I get to hear things. You know, Anderson Pock has been really big on his show this year. Like that's one of the core artists that he's been introducing the world to. And uh, music, just keeping up with what's going on with music right now because um, this thing that's going on at the intersection of jazz, hip-hop, the the old funk and soul – it's out of L.A. right now. It really, the Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly album brought all these artists together. And now they're all going off and doing their own thing. Thundercat and Kamasi Washington, Joseph Limeberg, Robert Glasper, uh, so many incredible people going out there and making new and vital right now music, which is, is something that, especially with everything that's going on, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to connect with other people.
1: Totally. And a way to express, you know, emotion and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and a perfect segue as usual into the, the layup here is uh, I just want to revel in, it. I think I know the answer. Uh, Sigmund, what is your favorite band?
0: Well, listen, if you would ask me this question, um, Anytime between 1994 and 2009 or 2010, it would be fish. And fish was it was an ethos. It was a place in my life that was really big that I discovered when I was at Syracuse um, in 1994. And it was it was a set of experiences. And look, this is special. Like when you go to a fish, like I could say to somebody that's around my age, what, what did you do on December 9th, 1995? And they I don't know. What was I doing in December? I was in calling you know, probably had a final that day. or I don't know. But I can think of that day and so many other specific days in my life that I saw fish shows. That I can take I can almost time travel back to those times because of the people that I was with, because of the experiences. Because life was an adventure when you're on fish tour. It wasn't just the music. It was everything that the music is tied up in. Um, but really, uh, you know, as I as I've gotten older, And, you know, I would say, like, right now, I'll just go back and say, like, the artist I've listened to more than any other artist this year has been Anderson .Paak. And he just had his second amazing album of the year come out, a No Worries album. So um, I would check that out, check out out his album Malibu, too. And, uh, you know, times change, things change. But my time following Fish in the 90s really defined me as a person.
1: Same. Mine was a little later than yours, but uh, yeah. I have the same. I'm experience. sure we were in the same place at the same time. We okay. absolutely were. Maybe Big Cypress, among other places. Absolutely, sure. yeah. yeah. And so I they, thought that I thought that Fish
0: had engineered this whole thing, like the world was going to come to. A,
1: I know, right? The Y2K and all that.
0: Art were they? Like we'd all haul down there with lots to eat and drink and otherwise consume and enjoy ourselves with tents, changes of clothes. They brought potable water down there. We had company,
1: and they we played for eight, eight hours
0: straight yeah and we could we could have written out james for what like a month at, at least.
1: least at, at least. least so let the a, world end and the, and you know what just back to that point though you know you that's the the new year people are oh where were you for the millennium where were you for the millennium i know exactly where i was and i remember every moment of it and and i'll never forget it you know yes
0: let's, let's all go back there together in our minds right now
1: oh god i love it uh, after midnight action uh, yes Yes. So that is awesome. Sigmund, that was great. Thank you as always for uh, allowing us to creep inside the mind. It is such an interesting and, and deep and expansive mind. So, um, speaking of which, uh, audible eight days a week, uh, hoopsguys.com, Anything else you want to, uh, tell the people about?
0: No, like I'm just like y'all out there. I'm biting my nails, hoping my teams can get in and seeing what happens when we get to the dance.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you next week, a little, uh, pre Thanksgiving action. And, uh, as always, thank you so much, Sigmund. We'll talk to you next week. Always a great pleasure. Thanks. Awesome stuff from Sigmund. As always, he is the best. Really appreciate him taking the time for us. And uh, that'll do it for episode fourteen of this week in fantasy. As we head into the week eleven NFL season, good luck to everyone out there. As uh, it's it's a big week. You know, your people are fighting for playoff spots. People are trying to shore up their rosters heading into the playoffs. Or People are maybe even trading away assets to look at the next year. So um, good luck to everyone involved. However, your your season is gone. Hopefully it is uh, still intact and and still moving forward. And hopefully we can help you out with that. So uh, again, for Sigmund Bloom, I am James Seltzer. This has been episode 14 of This Week in Fantasy. crime side the new york Times side staying alive was no job at second hands moms bounced on old man so then we moved to shallon land a young dude, you're rocking the go tooth low goose only way i begin the York was drug loot and
0: let's start it
1: like this son rolling with this one and that one pulling out gats for fun but it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend started smoking wounds at 16